0: Welcome to the Daughters of the Road podcast. In this space, we envision cultivating a community that inspires, empowers, and supports women in motorsports culture. We seek to engage in lifelong adventure, create perpetual bonds between sisters, and really hone in the skills necessary for navigation throughout life. I'm Kristen. And I'm Brandy. And we are Daughters Daughters of the the Road. Road. So today's guest is very special to the Daughters of the Road project. Um, When I first started this project actually in like 2015, Giselle was one of the main contributors to the blog. So, if you go on the website, you can actually see all these articles and interviews that were written by her. So, we really couldn't have started this project without her. So, it's awesome. We used to live in Florida together. Um, we started a women's group with a bunch of other girls, and we rode all over uh, for many years. And then uh, she grew into the motorsports industry along the same timeline and now has assumed roles in marketing positions, marketing manager positions. She's gone from AMA Pro Racing to Law Tigers and a couple other things in between. So, we are so stoked to see your growth, to see, you know, everything that you are going to do and, you know, it's just been awesome to be along for the ride. So, thank you for joining us today. It's been wow. so cool. <laughs> what an
1: intro. I feel like I just attended my own eulogy. <laughs> <laughs> like, wow that was the most beautiful thing anyone's ever said about me but yeah thanks for having me I'm, I'm
2: stoked thank oh. you for always believing in this project it's crazy to come full circle and have you on the podcast today we appreciate everything you're t- uh, we appreciate everything and appreciate you being here and making time to be on the podcast so, mm-hmm. thank you Giselle well,
1: duh I mean when I saw that you guys were reviving this project I was so stoked and I couldn't Imagine a better fit to co-captain with Kristen than you Brandy. I mean you guys are pretty much the pinnacle of what this is intended to be and and bringing and educating and and uniting the sisters of the road and i just love it and i'm so thrilled to be here
0: oh so cute okay enough sappy so (laughs) i met you first i met you first she's like
1: me first me first
0: at vintage bike night and i was at mmi at the time um
1: cafe moto cafe moto
0: club man we were in orlando and Mm -hmm. i remember um your boyfriend at the time Mm -hmm. was like Kristen, you absolutely have to meet my girlfriend, (laughs) period, point blank. So come to this, like you're going to meet her.
1: Uh,
0: So tell us, tell us about that. Cafe
1: Moto. Oh man. Yeah. Shout out to the Orlando motorcycle scene. So I um, really didn't know anybody and I know we we might get into this, but I didn't really know anybody else who rode, let alone any girls. And uh, the bike I had at the time was a really like beat up XS 400, but I loved it. It was kickstart only. So I was always like bringing up the rear whenever we were riding out to Cafe Moto. Cause I was like, it stalled a light. And I'm like, y'all just go ahead. I'll, t- I'll kick it 12 times and then I'll be there. Um, but yeah, my boyfriend uh, came back from MMI just talking about how rad this chick in his class was. And it's kind of funny cause he would talk really highly of you, but also be kind of pissy cause you were better than all the boys. <laughs> <laughs> He'd be like, she got top tech again. <laughs> Uh, but he was like, you know, she's so rad. She rides, she's been riding, you know, basically her whole life. Um, I think you would really hit it off. And I, he had no idea what he fucking started when he introduced us, because I mean, it was like immediately we clicked and started riding together, Rode with all the other girls in the area. Um, and that really cemented for me how much I needed motorcycling in my life. I was like, this is just a different brand of person. And, um, it was my people essentially.
0: Yeah. And you had not had any influence Mm -mm. into motorcycling besides Mm -mm. like when you just jump started head first into it. Like, (laughs) tell us about that.
1: Literally, spontaneity was the influence. It was just being like impetuous, I guess. So I was 24, maybe when I learned to ride, which is super late, like if you talk to a lot of people in this community, they're like, I've been riding my whole life, or my dad rode, or I, you know, there's pictures of you guys sitting on your dad's motorcycle, your brother's motorcycles when you're kids, and I just didn't have that, um, still to this day, nobody in my family rides but me, and the community I grew up in, um, there was, it's not really super motorcycle friendly, there's not a lot of bikes, so, um, I mean, I guess, This is going to sound really cliche, but I have always had kind of that rebellious streak of doing doing exactly what my parents didn't want me to do and taking risks. And at that point in my life, when I was about 24, um, I was going through like a rough patch. I wasn't really sure who I was um, and I, you know, I'd just gotten divorced. Yeah. Who is
0: sure of who they are at 24? They
1: they make you believe that at 18 or 19, you got, you've got this path paved and planned and ready, and it's all going to fucking work out. Right. And so I was married at 21 to my high school sweetheart. And, you know, I remember one day waking up and going, no, Oh no, you know, I'm a different person than who I was and I'm not happy, you know? And um, so getting divorced, you know, anybody who's listening who's been through that understands that even as amicable and as like beautifully bow-tied as that process could be, which ours really was, um, it's still kind of this crazy like loss. You lose a piece of yourself, a huge piece of the identity you've built, Right. Uh, you lose friends, you lose literal physical property if you own homes or cars or whatever, and then you have to start fresh, which mm-hmm. is a blessing and a curse, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember one day waking up and thinking, Um, And the roommate I lived with at the time wrote and built, but it wasn't like his main gig. That's just what he loved to do. And I remember thinking, I'm going to do this. I want to do this. It makes him really happy, my roommate. I think I want to try it. And he was, (laughs) bless him, he was like so, so helpful. He's like, just fucking go, man. He's like, book the course, just go. And I booked it and I committed and I showed up, never having sat on a motorcycle a day in my life. I had not even thrown a leg over one and took the course and it was terrifying short of giving birth it's the most terrifying thing I've ever done was show up to this motorcycle class and hope to pass because I'm you know I've never failed anything in my life either because yeah I'm that kind of you know type a like I'm not gonna try if I if I think I'm gonna fail you know um and then struggled you know through the first day and then after that kind of found my stride and ended up passing and I remember thinking like you know when I got that you know the blessing from your instructor like you're good to go you know go get your license I was like fuck yeah, dude, like, I did that, and then, you know, obviously, you don't just f- buy a Harley and go hog out, you gotta, you know, take the baby steps of getting, like, a starter bike and putting on the back roads, and, sheesh, that's not I what I did, <laughs> you're the exception, the exception, not the rule, <laughs> right, you know, Johnny Law's like, I don't know if I get rubbed dirt on it, you know, um, <laughs> but I, you know, I didn't, I didn't have that, if I had your dad, dude, it probably would have been such a different, you know, experience, but, bless my dad. He, he wanted so badly to learn to ride because of me and he yeah. still kind of does. And so, you know, that's, that to me also means a lot. Yeah. Like, they, they look at what I've done and, and the things that I've, that have come from motorcycling and admire that. And I've made them proud in a, in a way that I don't even think they expected, which was cool. So yeah, here I am now still the only one in my family who rides, except for now my husband, who is a, is a rider, but definitely not um, as, as deep into moto core as i am (laughs) yeah
0: for sure (laughs) and now you guys have created a son and like you know he's super fresh but yeah like do you envision that for him like
1: as a mom who does ride man i mean i i'd be lying if i said i wouldn't be really bummed if he wasn't into it you know what i mean um i would love to share this with someone you know i didn't have that and and i see For those of you that have had that, you know, kind of the bond that builds, Um, and I just know what it's done for me. I mean, it really saved my life in a lot of ways. There was a whole lot of bad activities I could have been doing when I wasn't sure about who I was or you know what I wanted to do, and it it gave me that outlet and that sense of self and that confidence. And I would I want nothing you know beyond that for my kids. So of course he's got a little Strider bike that he's like a giant 15 month old now. He's huge, but he's got it's still got the rocker bottom on it. So, you know, it's a little rocking bike. And then eventually we'll take that off and he'll have a little balance bike. But as soon as he's ready for a 50, I'm getting one. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Dude, I'm like, I'm jealous that I can't rip around on a 50.
0: Right. Like, <laughs> like, yeah, you're going to put him in like the. PW50 class with other three-year-olds and they're going to be like what is this eight-year-old doing in I the know. class he's so giant I I if he's not a motorcyclist I just want him to be an NFL player
1: I know I'm going to just put him on track with Cruz Texter who is what five years older than him they're yeah. about they're going to be the same size oh yeah 1000 <laughs> percent Corey just have your son teach my son they're the same size it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome
0: but um back to the sportster that uh that was your first Harley Davidson. Yes. You yep. had that after your excess, was that correct?
1: Man, there's, you know, you guys know how it is when you try to count, right? Yeah. I think so. I, yeah, I had them at the same time. So I think that was the next one I bought, was, and it was fresh off the lot, uh, 2016. So that would have been what, 2015 when I bought it? 2016 Iron 883. It was like that army green color. Oh, it's beautiful. Um, and that was my first Harley. And, you know, the, I, people are going to, I'm going to get so trolled for this, but I remember when I was going to these cafe moto nights, I remember thinking like, oh, this is, this is cool. Harleys aren't cool. This is cool. And then I went to a <laughs> bike week because we were in Orlando. So bike week's like down the road. And I drove because that 400 wasn't making that trip, drove to bike week and being around all the Harleys and just the rumble and the thunder and the party. And I was like, this looks fun. So then I bought a Sportster. Brother. Um, yeah, and I mean you had your yours, and I was like, look at her doing all these cool things, riding all these miles. She doesn't have to kickstart it. Uh, I want to be like that, and and all the other girls in the area, there were a lot of Sportsters. Yeah, we mm-hmm. all had Sportsters at the time. That's the funny thing yeah. is how much we've grown from that. Yeah. But um,
0: yeah. So you got a Sportster, and then I remember, um, we took that trip in 17. 2017. Mm-hmm. So she was on a Sportster still and i had the ultra classic the evo yeah and we put down
1: what was it you have it on your you have, have a tattooed. tattoo what
0: is 6, it 6739 miles we did that
1: trip yeah yeah i got a tattoo of it so i would never forget because people always ask yeah i remember and you know what little would i know that that is the most like that's that's like the highlight of my resume when i talk to people about riding they're like you did what on a what <laughs> mm-hmm. i'm like yeah i rode to california for born free and back to florida on an 883 and they're like oh my yeah, and you know what? To Harley's credit, it wasn't that bad. Like if you set it up right. Yeah, I had like highway pegs, and I had that stack of luggage that I could just kind of lean back on, and and a little grandma windshield. Yeah. Um, that bike, it took me there and back with no issue, man. Right. And I rode it for another three years. Yeah. Maybe? Yeah, I mean, I'll I'll tell anybody if you're thinking of getting a Sportster and you like it, ride it.
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, they're fairly indestructible. Yeah.
1: It's going to get you where you want to go. Period. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. yeah. Um, I took my Sportster across the country, um, but I was also 17 at the time, so very uh, lubed joints at the time. <laughs> <laughs> but I Pre- mean... motorcycles. Yeah. They <laughs> yeah. would They would uh, definitely do the job. Um, if you put a windscreen on it, put a little more ergonomic candle bars, um, yeah. they, they do the job for sure. Well,
1: I and just learn basically take a lot of yoga just learn how to move your body around safely on the bike like I would be I had passenger pegs too like I was gonna stick anyone back there but you put one leg back there one leg on the highway bar and just keep flopping around and then eventually like kind of lean over a little bit but I mean I remember your Evo gave you its own issues, but I remember Jimmy was on this like crate brand new Chieftain. Yep. And we'd be, I don't know, in Kansas, fighting the wind, riding sideways, and Jimmy's just sitting there cruising. Oh yeah. <laughs> and I'm with like, that little windshield that
0: went up and down. Yeah, with a button. Yeah. 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 Oh my. And God. I remember
1: thinking, motherfucker. Like me, yeah. me on my sports are just like, like yeah. just wide open, just couldn't couldn't hack it.
0: Yeah. I mean, Jimmy like was used to dirt bikes.
1: Yeah, so he wouldn't yeah. have
0: like <laughs> he, he wouldn't have known what to do but like at the same time like he crushed so many miles on that trip on that on the Chieftain. his
1: first like street experience period he went yeah. and got the license just to go yeah um yeah. it was so awesome to see that I think we all had our own like uh, m- mountains that we climbed on that trip for everybody's oh, yeah. own reason you know like yeah. his first street trip man, that was probably that I mean it was my first and last real road trip you know i've been other places since but obviously you can't go much further than that and then you're you just had this like puzzle of an evo that we would every time we'd stop you'd be like how's my oil gone again i mean it would just crush oil and like, yeah. where is all that going
0: yeah <laughs> well it was still within the specification so that's good yeah. but i did remember we we had the airbnb in california and we all did oil changes and we did on the mm-hmm. side of the road yeah. yeah basically but um yeah that was real real cool i mean we experienced so much and grew so much like i'm a totally different person than i was back then but yeah. at the same time we
1: are still very much heavily involved in all the things that we still liked well yeah yeah i mean that i think even in a in a four-wheel vehicle. A cross-country trip by yourself, essentially, like, yes, we were riding in groups, but you're in your own helmet, you're in your head. You have a lot of time to think. You're gonna be tested in ways you don't think, like there's weather, there's exhaustion. I mean, we were chewing caffeine gum. There were the elements, right? (laughs) We'd go from, I think in one day, we went from 112 degree temps in the daytime, and then when we left at night, thinking it would be a better situation, it was like in the 30s. Mm -hmm. So we're like, whoa, like, and that yeah. time
0: we were like on the side of the road because we couldn't find an exit, at, and through the canyons, and it was 117 yeah. degrees, and it was so funny. Giselle was like, oh "I can't do this anymore in the canyons," and I was like, "You have to. We all are all doing this right now, and there's no other option. Literally, there was no exits, and she was like going 98 on her little sports car. I'm like, she's gonna blow it up." That's it. And she just left us. And I remember I
1: had like a, yeah, I had like an oil temp gauge in my little, and I would look down and it was like, I don't even, it was way too hot. Yeah. And I I mean, that was partially the elements, mostly me, but that was, you know, it was exiting the North Rim of the Grand Canyon. So we were balls deep in this trip and we were all tired and hot and all that stuff. And I remember I had a full ass meltdown, like a fourth grader Mm -hmm. took (laughs) off. We eventually like made it to the side of the road under an overpass where we could, recoup yeah come back down to earth and then we found a mcdonald's where we could actually sit
0: and then um, we ran into the uh
1: canada boys yeah that were going to born free too the, Ed- <laughs> the edmonton boys from canada bless them hadn't if we couldn't handle the heat they really couldn't but that you know they were the first people i've ever seen brilliant to strap uh bags of ice to their handlebars on their choppers so that as it melts it's hitting you and i'm mm-hmm. like this is so art oh yeah yeah mm-hmm. they went out to the
0: sprinklers of outside of mcdonald's the and sat in them water too yeah mm-hmm. it's hilarious
1: <laughs> yeah that trip that trip definitely molded one of the things that definitely gave me was the knowledge that yes i can do it but do i want to do that on a sports tour again <laughs> no yeah <laughs> like never
2: <laughs> yeah so i have a question um did you guys start the iron lilies because everyone wore pretty much sportsters irons
1: no. Um, How did that name come oh, well, about? Man, Letitia tells the story really well. So mm-hmm. I wasn't part of the original OG Inception. That Kristen, Letitia, um, Courtney, Casey, Samantha, mm-hmm. Tracy, right? Yeah. That's pretty much all. And then, yeah. I mean, God, there's so many girls. But, um, so they started it originally. And, and it's because Letitia figured out that a lot of the OG women in motorcycling all had the first name Lily, mm-hmm. which is not a common name. Right? And so there's like, I think the history of the name is still on the website. Mm-hmm. Um, the girls in Orlando are still the hub, but there's iron lilies all over the country now. Um, and it was really just about like reminding women that we're badasses. But not only that, like you can still have that dichotomy of being feminine and pretty and wearing makeup on or off the bike and yeah. still be a badass. Like I think that's a big struggle that a lot of women have in motorcycling is you feel like you gotta be tough You feel like if you worry about what your hair looks like when you take your helmet off, someone's going to judge you for it. And it's like, no. First of all, be whoever you want to be. You can either give a shit or not, but just be who you are and then the right people will find you, you know? And I used to think that way. I'd be like, oh, fuck it. I'm not going to. I'm not going to brush my hair when I get off the bike. Who gives a fuck? And I'm like, no, I, I give a shit if there's like a fucking bee stuck in there. You know, I, I, that was me that didn't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But then when we figured out we had to like burn your hair off and start fresh. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, when, the, when I first saw you with straightened hair out here, I was like, who did? I'm 30 now. <laughs> Jesus. Wait, tell me about the burning hair thing. What's that? No, it was, no? It was just oh. a stretch. <laughs> but... i ask her, when's the last time you brushed it? Yeah, she could, couldn't tell me.
0: I had dress and it was like, it would harbor like random ass things. Like, I'd have like, <laughs> I'd literally have like, I don't sticks. know, we lived in Florida.
1: So there'd be like sticks in it and people would come up and like pick them out. And I'm like, fuck. Love bugs. So, oh, man, dude. Yeah. And like, you know, she'd be sitting there just trying to run a comb through it and just mutilating it. Because
0: it, it hurt so bad. I was like, dude, I don't want to deal with this every day.
1: <laughs> yeah, no. Mm. I mean, there's better ways to do it, like just routine maintenance. Well, now mechanic. I know. Mechanic.
0: <laughs> well, now I know. See, I spent so much time uh, mechanic and other things that I'm like, I don't care about my
1: yeah, my,
0: outside, but you know, we go through what we go through. phases. So. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But back then you were a teacher. I was, yep.
1: But, yeah, the Iron Lilies found me or I found it, you know, right at that point of transition. But I, I my degree by trade, I am a, an English teacher and I have a German degree, and English is a second language. And so at the time I was teaching <laughs> 12th grade English, mm-hmm. um, which is not what I thought I wanted to do, but I ended up really loving it. Um, and I was 22 when I started that job. You can imagine what a cluster that was. Oh my was. God,
0: her rolling up on a Harley tattoo. Oh, they loved like, it. Oh, yeah. Dude, they <laughs> Biggest crush hog, of all those boys.
1: Wow. I know, and it's crazy like when you get out of teaching and now they, th- they feel empowered to tell you about all of the weird teacher you know, fantasies they had. I'm oh, like, yeah. Please, <laughs> please leave me out of your mouth. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> forget I ever existed. Get out you. of my DMs. <laughs> I'm good now. But um, yeah, no, I mean, I, uh, teachers have one of the hardest jobs on the planet. I will always be an advocate for it. Um, I mean, I know it firsthand, but geez, like, who, who would any of us be? without teachers yeah. there would be nobody yeah. and there's some of the most in our country some of the most undervalued people underpaid um and and underempowered mm-hmm. um especially in like the state of Florida I love where we live but education there is not valued and a teacher's opinions are not valued and I, that is what pulled me out of it as I was pouring so much of myself into it that I would come home exhausted crying I mean the the decisions being made I felt were not in the best interest of students and I just couldn't support that machine anymore. And I I really had to figure out what I wanted to do and what my calling was. And Adam Sandoval came and saved the day. You know, I met him with you at events and then did some rides with him. And, and he really kind of took me under his wing and said, you know, if you, if you really want to like, you know, take some time and figure out what you want to do, come work for me. And so I, um, Moved to Oklahoma the first year that he purchased the K River campground when it was just a campground, nothing like it is now. It wasn't
0: even a campground. It was just like land. Well, I mean, it was.
1: He took over a functioning campground, but it was not a motorcycle campground. It was in some serious disarray, disrepair, needed some love. Um, and he's like, just come and do my social, run my brand, you know, come and stay here. And I was like, okay.
0: (laughs) Yeah. You lived in a little cabin. I remember coming to visit you and I was like, whoa,
1: what a, what a departure from like growing up in like urban parts of Florida, you know? And I was like, he, he would make fun of me because, you know, Adams lived every walk of life and lived a thousand lifetimes. So I'd, I'd be like, bro, like what? I've never lived in this like kind of situation before. And he would just laugh, but like everything was a teachable moment there. Like even, you know, he had these side-by-sides and I remember I broke one, you know, I got it caught on something, broke the brush guard or something. I broke one somehow. And he looked at me and was like, well, then fix it. And I was like, huh? I'm like, I'm your social media person. How am I going to fix it? He's like, fix it. There's tools, like get underneath it, figure out what's busted and fix it. And I did. And I remember sliding out from underneath it, like covered in grease with the one ratchet required to fix a silly part. And I was like, I did it. And he was like, I'm so proud of you. And I feel like that's the perfect like summary of that whole experience was he brought me out there and I was like, just do your best and we'll figure it out. And, you know, that working for him really propelled me into the industry. I met a lot of people. He taught me everything he knew because he had already, you know, been in it for at least five years at that point, um, done his first major campaign. So he was a, a big name and he is always very good at fostering the growth of of new people in in writing especially women he is a huge advocate for women in the industry in like the least threatening way possible and i've always admired that about him um and if you've ever met his wife it's the same thing like all he does is he just wants women her included to just you know be recognized for the force that they are he met my parents finally at his gainesville stop for his great american convoy my parents showed up with my kid and and he just said like the nicest stuff. Um, he, I think he said something like, "If you want to meet a hardworking woman, you know, it's your daughter." And I remember thinking like that, that means a lot. Yeah. Um, and and that's just a real a real testament to who he is. And and he gave me his blessing when I decided I wanted to move on to AFT um, and, and do some greater responsibilities for them and go racing basically. And he he blessed me and said I'm happy for you and sent me on my way. You yeah. Know, it's all you know, all history now, but.
0: Yeah, that's bad. Yeah. How did you get into AFT and what is AFT?
1: Oh, American Flat Track. I like how Kristen's asking. <laughs> yeah. Kristen's asking. Well, what the people AFT don't is. know. <laughs> I know, right? Well, if you don't know what American Flat Track is and you're at all interested in motorcycles, you're under the world's largest rock because yeah. it is the coolest thing. And I remember you and I discovered Flat Track together because we had some friends. Letitia was really the closest to us, but mm-hmm. we had some friends that were hooligan racing. And that was right when Harley kind of started adopting and recognizing Hooligan Racing Flat Out Friday was brand new. So, um, you know, our friends Sean and Aaron from Suicide Machine Co. needed some bikes transported from Daytona up to the Hooligan Race during AFT in Atlanta. So Kristen, with her big blue number one GMC, was like, I got a truck. Let's do it. So, um, you know, I was like, sure, I'll go. (laughs) (laughs) So we loaded up the Suicide Machine Co bikes and we went up to Atlanta. So we're sitting there in the hooligan pits, just hanging out. Our job was done. And then I remember it was the singles. The 450 singles took the track and then you hear that like, it's like a sound of angry bees, Uh the singles. And you're like, what is that? So she and I, like a couple of kids are on this chain link fence watching this flat track racing, just in awe. We're like, I can't believe A, they move their motorcycles like that. B, they're going that fast. C, they're on dirt. And D, it's like this perfect synchronized dance. They're not hitting each other. Until they did. did. That (laughs) was (laughs) was like the worst crash I've ever seen. Dude, that race (laughs) was carnage, especially the 450s. That was that tumble that they always use in commercials. It's like Corey Texter just went under a wave of bikes. Uh, And Ryan Wells. Ryan Wells, yeah. yeah. So um, we were like, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen. And of course, then you have the twins, right? And you're like, those are the big bikes that I ride on the street are ripping around in perfect union on dirt and it's just people are like but they just go in circles but it's just so much more than that it's not one line it's they're always they're calculating it's chess it's high speed chess yep um and it's not just about the rider it's about the mechanics and it's about the prep and so um i fell in love instantly and i you know from there went to a couple other races on my own dime just to see and then i uh (laughs) through law tigers actually got connected to uh, the people at aft Um, and went out to dinner and I remember telling them, you know, I would, your sport's amazing. How can I help you get it in front of more people? And they were like, you know, our social media really needs help. We don't really have a dedicated person. I was like, let me do it. Um, and then from there that just grew into a larger role doing all of their communications. That was, that job was such a blessing. It was so fun. Um, I made so many friends, really family in the sport, riders, you know, people who work for the series. Um, it it was just amazing. And then, you know, when they were like, well, our social media really needs more help. I'm like, well, the photos, we need more photographers. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I was Kristen, who, you know, it ha- you have very little belief in your talent sometimes. <laughs> I think you're finally starting to understand just how good you are.
2: <laughs> I don't know about that. Every day, it's a constant battle. I'm like, you can do that. You yes, can do that. Because she's like, you. <sighs> <All>
1: right, <laughs> Kristen, you have the talent to do it. Just do she, it. Yeah, you are such a Renaissance woman. And you were... <laughs> But the one thing I remember from our friendships, one of your oldest passions was photography. Yeah, And it was photography of all kinds, um, but you were you claimed to be such a novice, but you had always had the talent and I knew that. I mean, as your friend, I, I look at everything you do and I think it's amazing, but I knew we needed that perspective because your photography is very unique in that you capture the soul of the person in that moment. You're very good at, at recognizing what that person is going through and finding the right angle and composition to capture the moment so it communicates through the photo. And you've always been able to do that and that's what the sport was missing. That's what a lot of motorsports are missing is that understanding the human element. Sure, like, the whoops are cool, the jumps are cool, you know, and super cross, but can you really, like, very seldom in a lot of motorsports four wheeler two are you seeing these moments of like the first five seconds after their helmet comes off when they've won their first race. Yeah. You know, and you're always there for that. And the the sport is blessed to have you now that I'm out of it and you're running you've got the reins and the keys to the kingdom. They're yeah. they're blessed to have you telling that story.
0: Yeah, and I appreciate that. That means a <laughs> lot. Um yeah. A lot of times I, I deal with like an imposter syndrome kind of thing. I think we all do, but um, you know, we're working through that as I go get older and more experienced, but Um, yeah, that's, that's my favorite part of the job is actually connecting to the people and, and the people need to be connected to the sport. And how do you do that? It's through the relationships that you build even far away to these racers Mm -hmm. and you start to believe in them and you start to root for them. And that's how you grow the sport. Right. So I love being able to create those moments and I, you know, that's, that's my favorite part. Like, I I would love to create these amazing racing pictures with, like, a blurry background and everything. I've done that. But that's not what gets me fired up. Right. I'm all about the emotion, the story. Right. Like, that's what we're doing here is mm-hmm. capturing the story right. and the life lessons. And, you know, it's just... Every, everything that I do is like a giant diary of everybody that's I've, that I've encountered. So yeah. that's what's amazing about every project that we do is that we are able to share that with people. So, Great. yeah, I think that's my, my first and foremost major passion. Um, and then, yes, all the things that come with it are yeah. exactly aligned. So. Well, yeah, I
1: think we're just so, in general, so bombarded with so many options of where to put our attention, our time, our investment. Mm-hmm you know, it's hard to like break through all the noise and really tell people like, this is the thing you need to care about. Um, But as motorcyclists, we know know that whether it's racing or whether it's, you know, a particular beautiful road or a particular women's group, we know like this did something for me in my life. This is something I'm passionate about. I know there's somebody out there that needs to know about it. So you just try your best to kind of cut through all that stuff and get to that person who needs it, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely.
2: Make, um,
1: I like the way that you
2: make like the racers become real because like when I followed AFT in the beginning, it was like, it was a rad, of course, like seeing all the different mm-hmm. jumps and stuff. and But you like made it real, like humanized it. You like go and dig for like, hey, how was your day today? Some random yeah. question. I'm like, that's so sick. Like I love her mini mic sessions like mm-hmm. where she goes and asks random questions. Yeah. But it's cool because like you get to actually meet kind of like the racers.
0: yeah yeah and they do have little meet and greet sessions uh during the races which is kind of cool because mm-hmm. you know like uh, you'll see little kids running up to their favorite racers and i'm like you know there's some some way they connected to that racer and you yeah. know if i if i was able to facilitate that that's even cooler because these kids are growing up in a social media world mm-hmm. yeah
1: <laughs> and you know what's you know interesting and crazy about the the racing world not, i mean i'm not as closely connected to like you know motocross or supercross but um, is, you know, we watch that and we're fascinated by what they do because to us, it's dangerous, it's exciting, it's cool. We can't do it. So we're like, this is amazing. But then they look at us, you know, like, Chana Texter's a great example. We talk to her a lot. They're like, Y'all be ripping those clapped out, (laughs) those clapped out Harleys with giant engines and oil leaks out on the road with people you can't control. Right. That's the hardest part for them is understanding that there's all these things that elements we can't control that could harm us. Yeah. Um, And we look at it like y'all are doing 120 mile an hour on a mile on dirt.
0: I'll never forget. Yeah. I'll never forget. One of the racers was like, well, you guys don't have an ambulance right beside you.
1: (laughs) Oh, that's a good way to put it. You know, like, yeah you're right yeah we don't and and it's funny it's just the the appreciation i think that's like a very good example of how motorcycles unify people because what we do and what they do very different but at the core we have that mutual respect because it's like but you're still motorcycle people sure you're still my people yeah Yeah. um and i think i would kind of implore anybody who hasn't looked into two-wheeled motorsports and like you know, you're looking for something to do with your buddies or something to watch on a Saturday night, like, start looking at, at some of these two-wheeled sports, motocross, supercross, world supercross, AFT, um, and and you may find your new passion. You know, they've got fantasy leagues for, for the, the motocross, supercross stuff, and I think AFT
0: Oh yeah, th- somebody did start one. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how big it's gotten because I haven't really looked into it but I thought that was awesome.
1: I know, I bet. If they really had like one that was out there, you know, Jared Meese would be updating it all the time. like. Oh yeah. And then he'd be playing <laughs> under a fake name.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, anything for a dollar. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> um, so you did a FXR Dyna show as oh, well yeah. back in the day. Were you still a teacher during that time? Like how yeah. did you even get into that? Whew.
1: Man, okay, Brandy, you know how I'm always telling you, like, I don't know how you do what you do as many times as you do it. <laughs> I planned one bike, sh- well, one and a half, because it had like a little follow-up, one bike show in my whole life, and I'm done planning <laughs> bike shows. So uh, in 2018, and it, I mean, obviously we started planning it in 2017, in 2018, I got connected with Jordan, who at the time ran the Performance Harley uh, Instagram page. And he's, you know, since moved on and is like this crazy mogul. Um, and he was like, he was a dyna bro, and he's like, you know, there's like, there's a good, you know, scene around Central Florida that we really, you know, we need to tap into. And he's like, FXRs and Dynas are hot right now. And he was the first person that ever looked at me and was like, you know what's next? Performance Baggers. They were not big. People were building them. They were popping up, but they weren't huge yet. And I was like, oh, okay, Maybe. Um, and so we're like, let's do one of those. And it wasn't the it was just FXR Dyna, there were performance baggers in it too. We had a whole class we gave out awards. And I was like, okay. I was like, I'm good at logistics. I know a few people in the area. I know Ace Cafe pretty well. I can and get us a venue. And I know some of the stunt guys I can get us. You know, East Coast came out and did a show for us. Um, I was like, sure, let's do it. And then uh, Hot Bike, um, Jordan from Hot, Hot Bike Jordan. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that was, you know, before he, now he's brought that back. Yeah. We'll talk about that too. But, oh, yeah. Um, that was before it went away and came back. Uh, he was like, yeah, sure, we'll support it. It can be a hot bike event. And that just poof, propelled it. And so we had all these other great brands come behind it. Basani Exhaust. Um, we had, man, Plex Audio. Like anything that was big for Dynas and FXRs, we had those people kind of agreeing to come. And we just wanted them to come then, right? Yeah. But they were like actually believing in supporting. So... We did this really awesome ride and bike show. East Coast and came and did this awesome show during Bike Week. It was the first Saturday of Bike Week in 2018 at Ace Cafe. (laughs) I remember the moment where it's kind of, the show had kicked off maybe a half an hour in and I walked up, um, Ace Cafe, RIP, by the way, they're they're leveling that. Mm -hmm. I walked up the tower of Ace Cafe to look down and I like took this video, panned around the whole lot and it was full of bikes and full of people. And I remember just taking a breath and Brandy, I'm sure you can relate and be like, we did it. It didn't flop. And it's like people are like out here having fun. And that feeling I think must be what keeps you going (laughs) because the stress ball that you are (laughs) for like a year out all the way up to the event. I mean, you are planning everything from the entertainment all the way down to where people are going to take a piss. Uh Like what? Mm -hmm. Like every minor detail Mm -hmm. you have to plan and check and check again and recheck. And everybody's calling you all the time with questions that they could have Googled yes PSA if you can google it please google it please first do that. oh my god don't just call the person who's got their phone ringing just google it first and then if you can't find it ask but yeah that was that was fun and I definitely made a lot of connections even to this day you know people who may not remember that I was behind that if I'm like oh yeah I remember like Jordan when he brought back hot bike we were on the phone and um you know my boss Ari introduced us like hey Giselle she does our social media and I was like Jordan we've met you sponsored my FXR show. He goes, Oh, that Giselle. I'm like, there's only like, there's one. Only yeah. One. <laughs> yeah. But I don't yeah. know any other Giselles. Yeah. yeah. And, like, then, <laughs> and then like, suddenly the, like the tone was lifted a little bit cause had already like had that connection. And, um, yeah, I mean, it was fun. Would never do it again. So Brandy, <laughs> feel free. I will, if anyone ever asks me, I'll be like, you know, who's the girl? Randy. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> She's the event well, girl. Thank you,
2: because it does. That that's what does drive me. Like anytime we have an event, I always look around and it's like the smiles, the laughs, the people connecting. Like I love watching people connect and then them creating something awesome. You know, like I don't know. That's the reward for me because it is. It's a lot, but I'm so grateful for it. Yeah. I feel like it's helped me grow too because I'm like, oh yeah, I need to follow up with that person and not yeah. kind of like
1: brushing it off and being like whatever. Yeah. And you never do it. And well, the events that really like are in it for the long haul anyway, you never, it's not for you, right? You don't mm-hmm. do it. You don't do it to slap your name on it, which nothing that we ever did. We never branded it ourselves. You do it because you want people to come and have that experience and love it, you know? And I think Brandy, you're behind so many more things. And I think a lot of people realize, and it's because your heart's truly in it and you know that you love it and that you have the passion to make other people love it too uh and and the people who are truly good at it, events that are going to run for more than one go that's what it takes you know it's not so that you get the glory of the moment it's so that you can Put in the sweat equity so that other people can enjoy the moment. Yeah, that's that's what you're perfect for.
0: Yeah, (laughs) thank you. True talent talent. builds my heart. Little (laughs) sappy moment. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. no, it is a true talent because uh, I mean I have never been interested in (laughs) event coordination. Um, I've looked at it before and been like, I think I could do that. Like logistically, you know, like I can handle that. But then I look at like actually doing, I'm like, no, no, not not my scene.
2: There's a lot of moving parts and it is, it's a a lot. And even up to like the moment right before everything goes live, right? It's like, shoot, did I do that? Shoot, did I do that? Okay, make sure. And like double, triple checking Mm -hmm. everything. And of course, there's things that fall through the cracks and you roll with the punches and you keep going. And sometimes it ends up a lot better than you initially imagined. So it's fun. It is fun dude
1: in this yeah. Where would motorcycling be without rad events? Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's where exactly. we all like meet and yeah. connect, you know? Like if anybody's ever doubting is it worth like having this meet up or this ride or whatever? Yeah, it is because you never know like if Cafe Moto had not been a thing, you and I never would have met.
0: Oh um. yeah. 1000%. I love events. I'm a major <laughs> supporter of them. I'm always at an event, but do I want to be the one behind the scenes? No. And do I have a lot of appreciation for them? absolutely 1000 percent. they make our world go (laughs) round. so thank you for
1: (laughs) yeah these kind of events yeah i mean i guess this is my opportunity to plug like what what i do but yeah like so i think you know law law tigers who i now work for um you know what most people associate us with is just we're we're everywhere the brand is everywhere but you know what we actually do requires people to be in an accident which we're never hoping for and they really don't they happen often, but not as often in a situation where we would be needed. Yeah. And that's fine with us. We don't want people to be in, in accidents, but we do need them to remember to call us if they are. So that being said, how do we remind people that we care and that we're here? Any event, anywhere, we're going to help in any way we can. I mean, all the way down to when people are like, I don't, I mean, I don't, it, I, I need a tent. I mean, I can't go race this, this race in my home state. I need a tent. And we're like, okay, we'll buy it for you you know, just put our logo on there. Just, just put a sticker on, on the side of your bike. Like we'll buy your tent or we'll get you some tablecloths or we'll make, we'll help you make shirts. Like, you know, what we do is empower the community to come together, to unify, to be together. Obviously we're all stronger together and we're just so we're everywhere. And there's so many of us, we have the that force and numbers, and and we share that as best as we can. So, events are really our bread and butter, and mm-hmm. we're very much a grassroots company. Um, we pride ourselves on on actually physically being everywhere. You know, if you go to Sturgis, you're blind if you haven't seen mm-hmm. us and our signage or our people out on the street because, you know, you're not. Why are you going to call somebody to help you in the worst moment of your life if you know you don't trust them? Yeah. So, our goal is to make sure that you know people understand that we support them all the time. Not just if they've been wrecked and, and, you know, they need to call us for an accident. So uh, events are huge. That's our bread and butter. And I am, you know, anybody who is anywhere in the country and, and is trying to put together an event, you know, feel free to reach out to us. If you reach out to us on Instagram, that's me. (laughs) <laughs> uh, yeah and I will always get you to the right person you know we'll help in any way that we possibly can so
0: Yeah exactly that's what I love is that it's based on a foundation of community support mm-hmm. exactly what you were saying is that you're there for them along every step of the way if you're yeah. involved in the motorcycle industry so it's not just if you're in an accident that's not the primary focus it's how do we build this community together and how do we look out for each other all the time through yep. ups and downs
1: Exactly yeah and we we just want you just want to remind people as much as possible we're here for you And then there, if, if that moment happens where you absolutely need us, like we're, you know, you're going to think of us.
0: Yeah, exactly. And when you transition into law tigers, like being that it is everywhere and in every sector (laughs) of motorcycling, like what has it been like experiencing every sector of motorcycling basically? (laughs) And like, what trends are you spotting? Is there anything that like sticks out to you?
1: Yeah. Well, you know, what's interesting is we operate in, you know, over 30 different what we call markets, right, different areas. Um, And every area is manned by its own individual who lives and rides and breathes that community. So and I interface because I work at the corporate level with all of them. Um, And then sometimes I'll go to events in all these areas. So each one is its own like living, breathing entity. Like Mississippi motorcycling is not the same as San Diego motorcycling. And it's just so eye-opening because me, one individual, I don't get to take that all in, but because there's all of us and we communicate regularly, I can, and I follow obviously follow all their pages, I can kind of see what they're all doing and just appreciate just how diverse this community is. But like we've already covered, there's that one thread of the one thing that we all love so much that ties us all together. But um, it, I mean, it's just it's been just a great thing to appreciate and see just how different we all are, even all the way down to like, the style of motorcycle is a great example, right? Yeah. California bikes, very, very different from like somebody who lives in Virginia in the oh, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Their bike's gonna be set up differently. It's gonna be a different color scheme. It's gonna sound different yeah. because of like the culture of that area. right? And whenever I'm like onboarding new marketing people, that's kind of what I tell them. I'm like, it is you, it's your page. You're the one who's representing us in this area. Yes, you've got a brand to think of, but you're also law tigers san diego or you're law tigers alabama so you got to be true to your community otherwise they're not going to trust you right right so you got to you got to speak the language you got to go to the events you got to dress the way that these people dress to ride you know and and talk to them the way that you would want to be talked to as a rider in this community yeah. and so it's you know we we're corporate in in our size but we're not we're also like your neighborhood you know riding buddy and that's what we aim to be is like (laughs) everything to everyone all the time but (laughs) yeah absolutely i mean
0: y'all haven't seen chopper giselle (laughs)
1: law tigers has not seen chopper giselle (laughs) we're america's motorcycle lawyers (laughs) no uh chopper giselle just learned a lot and became a mom and yep yeah i did i mean we've all been through that right everybody who discovers motorcycles discovers the party discovers Taking the risks, discovers riding in shorts with <laughs> vans and your socks up to your knees, like that's gonna do anything. I remember the f- on my FXR with my beautiful basani exhaust. I remember one time, not putting the kickstand down all the way on my 14-inch lifted <laughs> FXR, and I almost laid it down, but I'm like, not my bike. I'm not laying it down. So of course, because I was in shorts, because I'm stupid, laid it down onto my leg. I still have that like giant looking pipe burn scar. Oh yeah. Ever since, never again. Like Chopper Giselle wrote in shorts. (laughs) Mom Giselle will not.
0: Yep. Yep. Exactly. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Speaking of that FXR, um,
1: I'm still butthurt about that, but I sold it? <laughs> <laughs> not to me, <laughs> T- to Mad Pen, Listen, what was the... You just weren't in the right place at the right time to get that deal. If uh, <laughs> Nick, if you ever hear this, tell nobody what you paid for that beautiful thing because, because
0: I'll come and kill you. I know yeah, what it is. I'll
1: get cut for what I sold, yeah. what I sold oh, it for.
0: Man, I was so bummed, but pretty much, um, when I worked at East Orlando Harley and I was going to school at the same time, I found this FXR under a, a tarp right a tarp yeah um and it was it was on our list of bikes that could be sold like used bikes and i was like where the fuck is this fxr and because i wanted one and i was like well i ain't got no money so um i'm just gonna go find this fxr and see what we're selling it for so um found it immediately hit up giselle because i knew she was looking did, for a yeah. bike and i was like giselle you have to come buy this you have to come buy this i don't know what it is but i mean i don't know what it, what it costs but you have to come buy it Dude, what did they finance you for? Like 2500
1: No, it was 33 out the door.
0: Yeah. I know. That's it was insane. like oh It was $30
1: God. a month. Yeah, listen. It was Absolutely a 93 insane. FXR Sport. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was, it was all original tins, not mm-hmm. a dent. Mm-hmm. Um, it was beautiful. Beautiful just not running and nobody knew why. But the best part about the story is the reason it was covered up was that the head <laughs> of service... Had hidden it because he wanted to buy it yep. so he hid it in the back it was listed that they could sell it but i guess he was hoping nobody would see it or oh know he it did is.
0: not think any of us would sell it. there was three salespeople, yeah and the two other dudes didn't give a shit and i was just like
1: <gasps> where's this fxr yeah so was <laughs> it a staff meeting or something that somebody was like who sold the FXR? yeah
0: oh yeah and i heard wind of it and i was like "Kristen's I, just got sinking a... in
1: her chair i was like
0: i don't work here anymore <laughs> <laughs> fuck <laughs> and <laughs> so yeah um i didn't work there very long but i did i was able to pull out an fxr for you did and that. i was super stoked wow, it was on that amazing and yeah. that
1: the process of you know I, bless my boyfriend at the time he you know helped me through the whole thing and obviously did a majority of the hard work because mm-hmm. he's an mmi grad but like picking out um picking out what I wanted that bike to be, how I wanted it to look, that was so much fun. And I think the beauty of FXRs and Dyna culture in general is it can be whatever you want it to be. And, and, uh, I, you know, I mean, I guess any Harley's kind of like that is yep. there's so customizable. There's so many options and you can make it just so you, and <laughs> that bike, I mean, there's people that are going to hear this now that still don't know they got rid of it, even though it's obvious that I'm on the, you know, the me too road glide right now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, me too road glide. Uh, <laughs> but like they're just such a part of you that that bike would be parked and people would know that i was there like they'd stand next to it i'd walk up to it and they'd be like i knew you were here i saw this bike and it was like dang like everybody knew and that's how i actually met kaylin yep thorian because we had she still has blue but we had matching fxrs yep and so we reached out to each other We're like holy cow we have the same motorcycle and then we finally met in person it was like we were you know fxr sisters um i mean once again that's just how motorcycling brings people together but that bike It gave me a lot of opportunity, gave me a lot of confidence, right? Because it was a bigger motorcycle. I mean, I thought it was so fast, but I mean, it's a slug when you think about
0: it. (laughs) It is. I mean, it is fast because it is a lightweight bike with a big engine. Right. I mean, it just, it does feel fast. Right. Uh,
1: But it, it, I mean, it's hands down, I've ridden a lot of bikes since then. That is still, to me, the best handling motorcycle I ever rode. Oh, yeah. The most fun to ride, like.
0: Hence why I now have two. I, <laughs> I, I have You're
1: three. <laughs> I want to cry thinking about it. And anybody who talks to me now, anytime I see an FXR build, A, I'm always going to tell you my opinion because why shouldn't you care? But like, I'm, I just love that motorcycle and that platform so mm-hmm. much. And B, I'm in the market for one. <laughs>
0: yeah, but now they're like 12 grand. So, yeah, well, know. in honesty,
1: I'm going to, I think, I, I think I've, I've devised a plan. You know, I'm going to call in a few favors and, and have one built put the money in investment, have somebody who really knows what they're doing shall not be named. He knows exactly who I'm talking about. Build one for me. Um, yeah. And he, you know, he's going to cut me a deal on it.
0: Damn. He said he would, but that's rad. I yeah. need somebody to cut me a deal. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, it's still gonna, I'm still gonna have to like sell my firstborn son, but uh, <laughs> then I'll have one Worth that, that <laughs> I'll have one to leave to him. One day is yes. the goal is really get like that beautiful dream bike that one day I can leave to my kid and, be an heirloom piece. Isn't yeah.
0: that crazy? Like we, we just had Alexis on the podcast and her, like I asked her what her goal was in 10 to 15 years, which we will get to, but, or five to 10 years. And she said, you know, like her son's going to be 17 at, you know, like the tip of that. So, she wants to be able to build both of her FXRs, but one that she bought herself on Mother's mm-hmm. Day, and then another one that she wants to build for her son when he's able to ride, and then they ride alongside of each ah. other. And I thought that was amazing. Like it's, it's so crazy. cute. It's, it's just beautiful. Like, I just want
2: to yeah. ride next to him. Like he always asks her, like, "Can when when are we going to go on a long road <laughs> trip?" Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah cool. oh, it's beautiful. Like I just came back from the Chopper Friends Throwdown, which you know, obviously, I went for work. I went for Law Tigers. Um, and you know, Ari's a big supporter of all those builders and. One of the beautiful things about that, you know, thing that these guys do every year where they build these bikes that aren't for customers, that aren't for a project, it's for themselves, they build these bikes to come together and like do this ride down to AZ Bike Week is that uh, Paul Yaffe and Brian Clock and they're incorporating their kids like Paul brought his son Nash and Brian obviously has cargo um, and and their kids are just involved. Um, and James Patience brought a son, Jax. actually, Jax, I think, is sixteen or seventeen. now J- don't get mad. But he actually built a bike with his dad. That's terrible. um, so it's just like, man, like that's probably my favorite thing is just watching how how we just pass these passions on to the next generation. And, you know, they you talk to anybody who sells motorcycles, and they're like young people just aren't riding. They're just not and i I have the faith that. Maybe we just need to be a little more creative in getting them away from video games and all that other instant gratification stuff. Maybe yeah. we need to figure it out, but it's there. I mean, this shit's cool. Yeah. You just got to figure out how to how to cut through the noise and get to them. But yeah, I mean, it's not going anywhere.
0: Yeah, it's not. Um, like you said, you do need to be creative because there's a lot of kids now that are just Ubering everywhere. They don't have any interest in even getting their motor- their license driver's license, yeah. driver's license in
1: general versus a motorcycle Bro. license that's a lot more work <laughs> dude i know like i remember when i was i was 15 to get my permit in the state of florida you're 15 years mm. old i went had the eye exam and they're like "Ooh, you need glasses to drive and i had a fucking meltdown Cried. <laughs> i was like i just want to get out and drive and do stuff and be a person yeah. i was so ready oh i was so, so ready. ready me too yeah. dude and kids now are like no I was borrowing cars at
2: 13s. So. Right, I <laughs> yeah. was driving
0: at 14. Well, I think it's because we needed that transportation to do anything, <laughs> versus didn't... like they have it, uh, they have entertainment at home now more so. We so... Did too. I had NES, Nintendo. Oh my God! I was like, I mean, (laughs) I had like, I was blogging, so I mean, you could see the transition of my life journal. Yeah, I I had like Xanga. My I was like writing film scripts, and I was like, like it was hilarious. I could see where my life evolved into exactly
1: what it is. I mean, we had stuff, we had computers too, like we were chatting all day. But But it took
0: 17 minutes to get on the internet, and your parents would yell at you because they could hear it.
1: But Mm -hmm. it was, you know what? We were ready to hang out with our friends. We weren't as instantly connected to each other as kids are now, right? Yeah. They're on Snapchat, they're on TikTok. They Mm -hmm. literally are FaceTiming like that. That's a huge generational thing that I noticed is that the younger generations aren't just making phone calls or texting, they're actually FaceTiming. Because it's how, I don't need to go hang out with you. I can just put you on FaceTime. And and Snapchat, (laughs) the
0: thing I don't understand is the streaks. Like when they Snapchat and, oh my God, when I say they, it's so funny. (laughs) When those kids Snapchat (laughs) and they're just there with the phone and literally stale facing it, take a picture write something and then that goes to like 70,000 people because they have to have a streak. I'm like, I do not understand. And why are
1: you not dedicated to like brushing your teeth the way you are your Snapchat streak? Right. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, have you heard about Be Real? That's the new one that yeah. they're on. Oh yeah. Where it's like, Sheesh. it's, it's, you have to post, uh, someone's going to correct this. You have to post whatever you're doing in that moment. You front don't have an Front and oppor- back camera. Correct. You don't have an opportunity to edit, pose, nothing. So it's whatever's in front of you and you. And it's being real, and I'm like, what? The-? That is the stupidest shit I've ever heard. What if you're on the poop? <laughs> <please>? <laughs> like, what if I'm taking it dump? Can you? What imagine- if you're wiping? <laughs> then how are you on your phone? Can you imagine how many? I- what? Just I do kidding. my best work on the toilet. What are you talking about? Exactly. <laughs> Can you imagine how many freaking toilet photos are on Be Real? Like, let's be, be honest. Be real. <laughs> yeah, let's be real. I want somebody who works there to actually make a catalog of it. All oh, the toilet. I feel like that's not legal
0: probably not yeah so speaking of social media trends you're a social media specialist really yeah, that's so what trends I mean we just talked about a trend right yeah. but like what trends do have you
1: wished we skipped over <laughs> oh what a great question <laughs> um man so I have uh, I have an issue with trending audio because I feel like this all of this is going to make me sound very old which I am, dude. I was born in the 80s. But um like I have an issue with posting a video with trending audio just because it's trending. You know what I mean? Like I have an issue with tying what's going to resonate with people with a stupid sound. Like it it could be a dog farting into a toilet bowl and it echoing and enough people think it's funny and now that's a trending sound. So now you've got like videos of people sitting at their computer going want to make your reel pop off use this sound do this 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 yep. you know like i get fed so many of those uh tiktok dancing trends Ooh
2: i wish that never existed right? i had so much fun with that at the dealership i let like, i was like girls can y'all
1: learn this so that i can do this <laughs> like what well, that's me being salty like i can't floss we out. <laughs> i can't i mean i'm not a i'm not a bad dancer well
0: well i come from a dancing background so it really irks me
1: yeah <laughs> oh, yeah yeah Kristen's over here like you say you're popping and locking but you're really two-stepping i don't <laughs> like, you're really body rolling
0: first of all popping and locking are totally different styles
2: <laughs> <laughs> here we go
0: so can you demonstrate
1: that no yeah like this is a whole nother rabbit hole for people if you if you youtube search lady Lassen and you fall down the rabbit hole there's this one particular video of her dancing at a dance
0: it's private now it's crazy you know who controls that that. i didn't No, it's not mine Mm -hmm. it's somebody else's they made it private but i do have it on my phone regardless it's on my instagram if you go far enough but you know what's funny is that my name lady Lassen, actually originated from dancing Oh,
1: wow. That's right, you had a crew. Yeah. What were you called? Groove Engineers. Yeah, Groove Engineers. And one of
0: my dance uh, Interview? crew members, no, it was Corbin, okay. who I went to college with. Um, we were in college, and he was, it basically, it was me and Bobay. We were like the only girls going to all these dance events. Uh, naturally, I'm always a, the only girl, I feel like. <laughs> but um, in this particular dance style, we were very few um, women, so... You're a popper. I was a popper, yeah, and um, <laughs> popper jalapeno. Yeah, jalapeno popper. So they were like, okay, well, you're one of the only chicks, so Lady Lassen. That sounds good. Because yeah. you always had to have a dance name. Yeah,
1: so that's yeah. how it came. Brandy, what would your dance name be? Goodness,
2: <laughs> I think you guys should make me one because oh, I have what? no idea.
1: Oh, what would her dance name oh, be? No. What would your dance name be? Me? Yeah, Jizzle. Jizzle. <laughs> Okay, how uh, how PG is this? Not really. Can I tell you about this <laughs> this nickname I had Let's and, go. and the sad story around it? <laughs> <laughs> so in middle school, uh, all my friends were boys because I'm just I'm just strange. I've always been strange, but uh, you know, boys made more sense. Um, still do. And uh, I had this friend named Blaine, and we're still friends now. Um, he was always a little like eccentric, but he one day just decided to start calling me Jizzrag. <laughs> in the the seventh grade i didn't know what that was didn't know what it meant no fucking clue right so i was like all right whatever like you know not much bothers me like use my name don't call me that forever 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 i think maybe it was ninth grade and one of my other friends was like why do you let him call you that and i was like i don't care and he goes you know what that is and i'm like no went into just the Birds and the bees, M- the education. Well, I knew that. <laughs> I knew that. I just had never thought about the necessity to have a tube sock or a tube <laughs> at your disposal. Well, in sixth grade,
0: I mean. And then when I when I put it together I was like, Oh no. Like
1: oh. no 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 i've been called this for
0: three years my identity has
1: gone yeah that was that was your first identity crisis uh, crisis right (laughs) i had this like whole existential problem where i had to i had basically had to do a whole rebrand yeah in the ninth grade (laughs) where i was like no guys and then this this didn't do me any favors i had no idea what that was (laughs) but (laughs) Yeah, so then, uh, you know, now when people kind of mispronounce my name or call me something, like people call me Jizz all the time or Jizzle or whatever, and, and then they're like, oh, does that bother you? I'm like, no, I was called Jizzrag for three years. I think I can hack whatever mispronunciation you throw at me.
0: That is so funny. Oh, it's
1: fine. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. That's awful. Yeah, uh, it's <laughs> <was> pretty terrible.
0: <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I never really had any nicknames. Uh, my family was primarily Hispanic, so they would always call them, like mispronounce it. Like, yeah.
1: Christine.
0: yeah, Stuff like that, but that was pretty much it.
2: Yep. I was Doe. My sister called me Doe.
0: What is that? I like, have no idea. How is that I don't spelled? Know. I have no idea, D-O?
2: I guess so, but that's what she called me. She'd just be like, where's Doe at? Where's Doe at? My little sister. What in the her. world? Oh, Aw,
1: yeah. so well that's your dance name. Doe. Though.
0: Yeah, that's your dance name. I mean, rolling in Doe, I'm not mad at <laughs> that. <day. laughs>
1: that's when she's twerking that's her dance move so are you just dope okay so let's say Um, you had to explain to a blind person what twerking is like you had to you had to narrate the action as a twerker
2: as a twerker i'm not a twerker you're the best twerker i know
1: (laughs) what how would you like or if you were going to write the webster dictionary definition of twerking what is that um shake that ass i don't know <laughs> like cl- <laughs> cheeks clap like I, don't know. I know what it is in my brain but if someone asked i couldn't answer that question i don't even know how to
0: explain it yeah like, you gotta like pop your butt yeah but it
2: originated from the tootsie roll i'm just gonna go oh, there really? no i'm just kidding but i feel like that like that's like the dance moves we did back in the day whenever i was i mean that's young, the closest like, one to it yeah, yeah i
0: guess i don't know history of dance I don't know. We're going to have to Google that later. Right. I was about to say, I'm
2: surprised you don't know because dance is life. Yeah. Well, I didn't twerk. So I, I didn't pop my ass. I popped. I've seen you twerk I'm... your
1: ass. Let me tell she you. Does, it's her default. Like, yeah. yeah. If you ever you're right, you're are Instagramming right. and she wasn't ready for it, she pops right into the twerk. Oh, yeah. You're right.
2: Yeah. <laughs> like, yes. No. I re- recall just recently we were on Margo's birthday yeah. trip and we jump out of the truck and we're twerking. That was like Why? one of
0: the most popular. Reels responses like everybody was like what is going on you guys are twerking everywhere and I'm like you must not know us in real life yeah uh,
1: total random moments are epic I know in our
0: programming right
1: I know when when people always respond to stories and they're like whoa whoa that's crazy or something I'm like you must not really know me because I all I did was just record this one <laughs> these are the things like this reel you just posted of me singing uh, was it Billie Jean or something stupid <laughs> um in my head i'm like i do that all day every day yeah sing random stuff <laughs> it's just it has never been published
0: do you randomly
1: sing tiktok trend songs no or um, reels yeah yeah well you know that's kind of the new like that's what how people are kind of putting their music out now yeah it's like the new way to market yourself there's no there's no demo anymore there's no ep they're just releasing things on on a. Uh, tiktok and, and Instagram. blowing up and blowing Going up viral. So, yeah there's, mm-hmm. some, there's some trendy shit on there so yeah i'll find myself and kristen laughed at me but i'll be like this is a bop
0: yeah <laughs> yeah she said that the other day she goes this is a bop and i was like whatever uh, uh, just
1: because it doesn't sound as cool as b- oh, it's a banger this is a banger this
0: this music slaps
1: yeah <laughs> wow run it back
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah i love it well speaking of trends what's sk- what trends do you wish we skipped over in the motorcycle industry oh shit high tube socks
1: really oh no i forgot who i was talking to (laughs) i'm a dyna bro my dynas outside right now Uh, (laughs) dude your dynas sick though high tube socks um what else what else is annoying um what bikes oh boy (laughs) oh boy. no i'm gonna get canceled
0: I'm gonna get it's your sh- opinion
1: i'm gonna get shadow banned all right okay. yeah we're not gonna we're not gonna talk about what bikes but what do uh, you what do you foresee a trend happening can you be uh, jordan right now can i be jordan yeah he's such so prophetic about performance baggers those are not done um i don't i they're not done there's just so much more coming um for baggers and frankly i'm okay with it I don't need a performance bagger in my life. I've ridden one turbo bagger. <laughs> and I remember when you hit the turbo and you hear it, it sounds like a, like a fucking truck coming up behind you. But it's so much fun. But I remember in my head, I had that flash that probably anybody who's ridden like a Ducati or Hayabusa were like, I could die on this. And I was like, okay, I'm good. I never need to do this again. But it's so cool, like what you can do to those things and the, the amount of power they can make. And we've got bagger racing is huge. You know, King of the Baggers is, is a big thing. So... I think um, the bagger thing is here for a while. Um, you know, I, I, more people are getting into dual sport stuff, the ability to ride on and off road, um, which is super cool. Cause I think a lot of us who grew up in urban, like more civilized areas didn't have the opportunity to go like dirt biking. Like my husband grew up ripping dirt bikes across the property. Uh, but I dirt biking only got in I only got into that, what is it with you? It was the first time I ever rode a dirt bike in like twenty seventeen. Mm-hmm. So I did street first then dirt. Um and I think more people are kind of getting into that idea. I mean, it's just such a easily romanticized vision of just like riding off in, in into the literal sunset in yeah. the deserts, like you know y'all do every day because you live out here no <laughs> signal just fucking it's enjoying nice. it yeah. yeah i think dual sports stuff is probably gonna become more readily digested and and popular which is cool with me yeah, yeah. exactly yeah.
0: it's such an adventure i love
2: that it mm-hmm. is you can go anywhere we get to kind of experience that this weekend on the pan am's that was mm-hmm. dope we pulled into austin Dude. and there's like a hot spring and there's, oh, this road might be washed
1: out. Yeah, y'all did such a good job of communicating like what, how fun that can be. And, you know, like that's kind of probably the van life version for motorcycles. Oh, is, yeah. Is this off-roading, on-road and off-road.
0: Well, for sure. I mean, we did come across people who were van lifers. Yeah. yeah. And they were also awestruck that, yeah. you know, like these these motorcycles are carrying so much of our stuff. We've got our camera equipment, everything. And, mm-hmm. and then we're able to transition from on- to off-road and it's easy. It's not like you're just taking a regular Harley with street tires off the road mm-hmm. and hoping that you don't wipe <laughs> out. Like, like
1: you're me, actually, yeah, <laughs> that's you're adventurous. Better prepared, so yeah. yeah,
0: it is. It is, um, you know, something that. People can relate to and envision themselves doing.
1: Yeah, you were there the first time I ever dumped a bike in sugar sand. Remember that? It was that Sportster riding to a friend's house he lived in. If you know Florida sugar sand, it's basically they call it that because it's basically powdered sugar. Yeah, a deep, very deep, just impossible. What were you on? Not a Sportster. Yeah, I think you were on the Ultra Classic. The Ultra Classic tiptoeing
0: through the sugar sand. Yeah, you (laughs) rode through
1: it and got there, and you were like just. Go.
0: That's what I always tell people. I'm like, just Tip, go.
1: Tiptoe is yeah. always coming through. Oh
0: my God. I was tiptoed <laughs> this whole trip, which was so funny. Yeah. Um, even with the adaptive ride high, I didn't even notice it because I was just tiptoeing. Yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah. she's
0: so little. Yep. Not inter- that little either. Oh, well, yes, you are.
1: <laughs> you're below average. Yes.
0: Just, just accept that you're below average in one thing
1: and it's out of your control. I'm,
0: I got a Napoleon complex over but here. But she literally
2: does not even let that stop her. That's no. what I love about it. And it's so funny because like we're so different when it comes to like riding with other people. She's like, they're going to figure it out. Just let them do it. And I'm like... I, I, should I go get their bike for them? Can I just ride it over? Yeah, to she's th- immediately yeah. like,
0: you want me to ride your bike? You want me to ride your bike? And I'm like, no, fucking put your feet down. Like, let's go. <laughs> if
1: you've never met Kristen's dad, that's him. Yeah. What just happened, yeah. that is Johnny Law, like yeah. in a nutshell. It's yep. just, it, you're capable, mm-hmm. but you're going to figure that out by being thrown to the wolves, basically. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. it's
2: so funny because it's so opposite for me. I'm like, okay, should I all right, I'm just going to listen to Kristen because she's right. They need to like learn how to do it or they need yeah. to get through it. It's an experience How are you going to grow if you them. don't go? But then again, I'm like, I'm the one that's going to run over there, I have to pick the bike up off the ground. Make like No, sh- you make them do it. No. no. W- wipe <laughs> wipe, their wipe tears. off of their little, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's me. And it's so yeah. funny because it's like learning a balance. Like anytime no. we're on a trip with like a group of women, I'm like, all right, Kristen's here. I'm not, I'm going to be tough. <laughs> I'm not going to, I'm not going <laughs> to let that girl like not do it herself of
1: I know. Looking
2: back and looking back, you're so nurturing. Like brandy's the nurturing, just we like that. Yeah, (laughs)
1: just fostering growth. She's watering the plant, you know. And Kristen just like, if the plant dies, it wasn't meant to be alive in this (laughs) space.
0: Natural selection at its finest. That is totally it. That is the plant dies, it didn't belong. (laughs) Oh my god, that's hilarious. Uh, Okay, but it's cool because
2: like I like she's right. Mm -hmm. Like it is true. Like they're gonna get through it. They're gonna make it to the destination, Mm -hmm. and you know it's gonna be their journey and. Not me getting in the way. Yeah. But I am the first to like jump up and be like, if they don't want to do it, I'm like, dude, I will do it for you. Because I don't want you to have a bad experience. Like Lainey and our last trip that we went on, like Lainey, we were going up this big old hill. And I was like, I already know her anxiety level. I'm just going to go grab her bike for her and take it up yeah and i just knew that that was going to be and it's funny because i walk in the house and i'm like hey i touched your bike i moved your bike
1: i rode your bike and she's like cool because i don't want to do it <laughs> yeah yeah I'm like tight yeah yeah i mean everybody's got their own timeline their own limits like i think um riding baggers is a perfect example you know Kristen's always been the that's like you can do it you can do it you can do it. she always told me that i could do it and you know i was i probably always could i just always wasn't ready to to let go of the anxiety of riding a, a very large motorcycle, but I remember the first time I ever did, um, I was like, "Oh yeah, I can do this. This is not hard. It's like riding any other bike. You just kind of have to adjust the, for the center of gravity and the size and the power and all that stuff." But we can do it. But I just I needed to on my own time get there. Um, and you know everybody's like that with different things. Like. Riding in dirt, or riding twisties, or whatever mm-hmm. you know, on your riding on the highway. You know, a lot of people. I did that immediately, but mm-hmm. a lot of people that takes some some time to to be comfortable doing that. And you need a little bit of both of y'all. I think you need a little <laughs> bit of the nurture and the patience, and you also need a little bit of like the just just fucking do it because you can.
0: Mm-hmm. You know? Amen, mm-hmm. amen. So rapid fire around. <clears throat> oh boy! If you were to hot mic your helmet, what would we hear?
1: Uh, yeah. So hot micing my helmet. Um i would absolutely be commenting on everybody else's shitty fucking driving because when i'm on <laughs> when i'm in my car or on a bike i'm fucking dale earnhardt i'm mario andretti i am <laughs> the best driver that has ever driven <laughs> and y'all y'all are the cars and frogger yeah. in my way <laughs> and then right? every time you fuck up you're like oops you know and like one of the trends going on social right now is like the left lane is for crime i thoroughly believe that like <laughs> if you're sitting in the left lane doing the speed limit oh uh, i hate that fucking oh move this yeah. lane is for speeding and getting around like get out of my way so yeah if you hot mic me it is absolutely me commenting i'm like who is this motherfucker going below the speed limit tag light out pull him over like you'll, you'll probably even see me in my help pull him over <laughs> tag lights out get him out of my fucking way <laughs>
0: <laughs> what I is yours that. Kristen? um Yeah. Oh God, singing at the top of my lungs, one thousand percent. I'll like, I'll get off a ride, and I'm like, I hope I have a voice left because I was jamming, (laughs) jamming hardcore. That's totally one thousand percent. That's me. What about you? Uh,
2: I'm trying to make myself calm, (laughs) so I'm breathing. (laughs) I'm talking to myself. Actually, come up with really good ideas for like events and like bringing people together. In my helmet, so you'd probably hear me talking about events or stressing about an event.
0: (laughs) (laughs) There you go. Um, what's your next milestone, and where do you see yourself in the next five to ten years?
1: You call this rapid fire, but you, you know... Just Two
0: questions, rapid fire, let's go. <laughs>
1: <Okay>. <laughs> what is my next milestone? Uh-huh. Uh, uh, okay, well, no, these go together. I would love to one day be my own boss, mm-hmm. and do what I do for myself, because, uh, you know, I think all of us are very similar in our skill sets. We're very good at marketing, communicating, developing relationships and, and, you know, I always thought that was kind of like intrinsic, right? You know, you just, if you're friendly, you can, you know, be, make connections in the community. It's really not. That's a skill. Yeah. Um, so I would love to start a marketing company that caters to, I don't want to say motorcycles, but maybe gasoline culture at large. Mm-hmm. It could be aviation. Cause I, that's, you know, a connection in my family. It could oh, be yeah. cars. It can, whatever, uh, it could be off-road stuff. So some kind of like gasoline culture, digital, because that's, you know, where everything's going, digital marketing firm, where I'm my own boss and can, you know, go and do whatever I want.
0: Love that. Mm -hmm. So uh, what events or projects do you have coming up?
1: Well, yeah, so this weekend, actually, um, I am headed to, so by the time this comes out, it'll have been over, but y'all missed it. I'm headed to uh, Deadwood, South Dakota for the rebirth of the Black Hills Motorcycle Show, um, which is... I mean, it's going to be huge. I We had no idea, I think, when Law Tigers agreed to help, you know, because we're very close friends with the promoter, uh, how big it would actually be. And anyone who's ever been to Sturgis knows how beautiful that area is, how deeply rooted in bike culture that area is, how much those people just love to ride and love where they're from. Deadwood in particular, those people are love Deadwood. They would do anything for that city. I guarantee you they'd shoot somebody in the street who threatened <laughs> their neighbor, you know what I mean? Like Old West-style stuff. So... Headed to that, um, and then Sturgis is coming. Yep. Um, so I'll be there for, you know, eight days ban- bouncing around all the Law Tiger stuff. The 120? I, I, You know, I got the green light, but man, that's that's a lot. There's, It looks like <laughs> so much fun, but it's a lot. I might, I might. But I would love to be able to ride to that. Yeah. You know, that's okay. kind of one thing I've missed is the ability to commute on my motorcycle to these things. And oh, I yeah. know... I'm pretty sure uh, the Iron Lilies out of Orlando are going to ride. At least Tiffany is. Um, So I would love to be able to do like a longer ride with them. Um, And then I've, you know what I've never done? Women's motorcycle camp out. Never. That's one thing I've never done. I want to, I don't want to plan one. I already told you. I would love to just go and have fun and attend one.
2: Yeah. That'd be rad. Yeah. Hell yeah. We have fun. It's a small one. Like, we keep, I want, I always limit it to like 35 girls. I said it's never going to go over that because I want people to get the opportunity to meet somebody and talk to them yeah. and like find a new friend. That's
1: like the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and how do
0: people follow along with you?
1: Follow along. How do they find me?
0: Yeah. <laughs> I,
1: you're going to make me say it? Hell yeah. Yeah. So well, I'm. Least it's
0: not Jizzrag. <laughs>
1: or jizzy i would would have been not even shadow band i'd be banned if that was my name it's at girl on two like the number wheels um which you know at the time i was like this is such a poser name but yeah i've I've grown to love it people call me that yeah you're a girl on two wheels um yeah i mean it's that page is not it's not at all like a it's me and pictures of my kid yeah and now that I'm back on a bike because I was off for a while I got the road glide now so now I'm back on a bike there's much more bike content that there was there for a while but
0: yeah yeah you've got a whole like you're accumulating parts for it you're going to more events like yeah obviously you had to be a mom and you still (laughs) are a mom but like now that he's growing into like the toddler stage you're kind of able to go experience more of what you wanted
1: yeah that's yeah it's wild and I i've talked a lot of women in this community who are already mothers they were a lot of of helping me kind of accept and get rid of the guilt of Mm. wanting to get back into traveling because it's so hard you like you know you you want to be there with your kid of course i miss him but you also have to be who you are otherwise you you know the depression is real postpartum is a real thing and you know it's more acceptable to talk about it now but you if you lose who you are in the process of becoming a mother it 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 dampers that whole situation. You know, I enjoy being a mom so much more because I am the type of mom that I am. I am still who I am. Mm -hmm. Um, And obviously we talked about, I mean, you can share all this with him someday. So yeah, I mean, I'm, when I'm home, I'm home, I'm a mom, I'm his mom. But then when I'm out on the road, you know, I'm I'm working, doing my thing, but Mm -hmm. still, you know, thinking about little man back there. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's so cute. I love that.
0: (laughs) So, Thank you again Giselle for joining us for yes. this conversation. Well,
1: thank you guys. Yes. I am so thrilled to be here. Th- thrilled that we could, you know, support it and I can't wait to see, you know, what comes next.
0: Yeah. I mean, honestly, like yeah, this th- this whole thing wouldn't be what it was to begin with right. like without you. So it's oh, cool that you sweet. added your fuel to the fire. You can still see what you've grown with it, you know, like it's it's so fucking cool cuz you c- I can look back and be like Yo, she, she devoted a lot of her time to this. Like you can see the passion that you had and it Thanks. still is resonating within you, which is yeah. rad. So it, it's so cool to see, like I've watched, like I feel like every stage besides being a kid, I've watched almost every stage of your life and it's so cool yeah. to see you grow into who you are you and, and still know that there's so much that you're gonna grow into. Like maybe being your own business owner and you know, like what kind of mom you're gonna be and what you pass on to him, you know? it's. It's so cool to be around for that. So thank you Aww. for letting us join well, in on that. you guys too,
1: man. It's, <laughs> like, it's a pleasure to like make lifelong friends who you can cheer on even from afar. You know, we live across country from each other, but yeah. I'm like always in your instagrams cheering you on like out I loud guess. hot mic my life it's just me being like "Fuck yeah, Brandy!" <laughs> <laughs> on the toilet
0: <laughs> right right
1: i know i love that <laughs> that's
0: amazing
2: so brandy take it away with what we've got going on oh man we have so much so by the time that this airs we'll have already gone to deadwood so we're heading out to deadwood in a couple weeks for the deadwood moto show uh, we've also got the in cahoots moto camp out that's happening in colorado so we'll be out there for that and then over to the 120 bike um, experience, or Harley-Davidson homecoming, so.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so and then just right after. Like, it's crazy, it'll be rolling so it's quickly. It's gonna be rolling fast. Yeah.
2: And then Four Corners rally yeah. after that. We've got the brawl at Red Rock Harley. There's so many things coming up, so stay really, tuned. Yeah,
0: stay tuned, exactly. And we wanna give a really special shout out to Law Tigers. I know we mentioned them a couple times in this podcast, but really, truly, like they are there for you whenever you need it, but also, obviously, all along the journey, so it's super cool. Um, They are America's motorcycle lawyers, and if you or anyone you ever know is in a motorcycle accident, please, call Law Tigers first. Please, they will get you taken care of. They are riders themselves, which is rad, Um, and they support the community. Most importantly, they fight to protect riders, so that's what we love, and we're so thankful that we have a connection to that, because, you know, you're gonna have down points, unfortunately, when you are motorcycle riding. We don't wish that upon anybody, but you know, right. if if that were to happen, and possibly when it does, you know, you are protected and you have help. So you have people looking yeah. out for you, for the best interest of you, not exactly. what's best for them.
1: We're in your corner.
0: Yep. So yeah, we appreciate you guys tuning in for another episode of Daughters of the Road. Uh, we're so excited to share all these stories, and you know, we have them rolling. Pretty much every two weeks, so yeah. you know, keep staying tuned. You can follow us on YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, anywhere you consume your digital content. And uh, yeah, stay tuned because there's a lot of things in the works, and we are so excited about it! Yes, we are in, the
1: twerks. in the twerks, twerks. <laughs> 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 twerking, barking. <laughs>